boy, check it, it's your boy, Big Angry, aka Big Tony, aka Tony, aka King Tony, aka Dad, aka the realest dude out there doing it right now, aka your favorite podcast, favorite podcast, aka let's see if we can get a little bit better each time, aka the next step is going to be my best step, make your next move your best move and never look back, you heard? So, I'm going to go ahead and get into it today for the next episode of the I'll Get Better Later, I Promise podcast. This is officially episode number two, numero dos in this piece, and I wanted to just get right into it and talk about some things. So, the first thing I wanted to talk about is the NBA, and specifically, the debate between LeBron James and Michael Jordan, or who's the GOAT. And there's some other contenders in there, but I want to focus specifically on LeBron and MJ. So, most people consider Michael Jordan to be the greatest of all time or to go bar none, no questions asked, nobody could ever do it better. And a lot of people think that LeBron James has already surpassed Michael Jordan or is in the process of surpassing Michael Jordan. Bait is Michael Jordan got six rings, never lost in the finals. He had the killer mentality. He had the, the winning attitude above all else. He made those around him better. LeBron James is weak compared to MJ. Michael Jordan didn't need help like LeBron James does, so on and so forth. I think that LeBron James is the greatest of all time, or if not right now, he will be by the time he's done. There's a lot of factors that go into it. You can look at it from the perspective of him being able to do it in different teams, different cities, with different players. You can look at it from the perspective of longevity. The boy's in his 17th season, I believe, and still coming in as the best player in the league. Not like Jordan when he was old and on the Wizards and not been able to do anything. This is LeBron James, still the best player in the NBA, or one of the best players in the NBA. 17 seasons. There's been players who've played longer, but not many players who've played at that high a level for that long a time. I think that definitely has to be taken into consideration when you look at the debate between the two. Um, and I mean, this is going to be potentially not trying to put the cart before the horses, but uh, it looks like the Lakers are about to win the championship, so this will be the third team that LeBron James is going to have a championship with, something that nobody has ever done in the NBA before. That's got to mean something, doesn't it? What y'all think? Let me know. Take on new opportunities and to 
that men need to take a cue from the women on this one and really learn to support each other and really try to build each other up. We have a tendency as men when we get together, we shoot the shit, we talk about sports and we talk about girls and we talk about this and that, but we tend to not talk about real talk. We talk about the simplest of things without getting too deep. And I know a lot of times when we really do get into these conversations and these topics, that sometimes it can be heated, tempers flare up, or somebody gets offended. You know, there's a lot of reasons why people tend to steer away from these deeper conversations. But I think that it's something that is a negative overall for black men. And maybe men in general, but I can only speak for my people that I know and what I've experienced. So I'm coming at it from that perspective. But I think that it's something that we need to learn to do as men. Come together. Let's talk about parenting. Let's talk about relationships. Let's talk about our business goals. Let's talk about our shortcomings. You know, as men, we have a lot of pride. We have a lot of, you know, hubris. We feel as though we can't let anybody know that we have a shortcoming or that we have an issue. We feel like we have to have this image of strength in order to be accepted and to be looked at a certain way. So there are things that you may be struggling with that your man can help you out with. But because you don't have the ability, I don't have that kind of relationship, where you can come to him and be like, yo, bro, X, Y, Z, what can you do to help me out? What can you tell me that you've experienced that can maybe be something that I can grow from? So I think that's something that we really need to try to work on and do. And when we see each other trying to do something, let's support it, man. Those of y'all with women, relationships with women rather you don't own them but that you're in a relationship with them I know you see them get with the girls when they're doing something they roll together like a pack it's not one of them it's the whole team and they, they going out there on the weekends and they're doing these jobs and they're doing these things and trying to help each other with this and it's a team it's a network it's a, it's a support system and it allows them to do more things than they could on their own and I think as men we have to get out of that doing everything on our own mentality have resources we can help each other out we have different skills that complement one another and we can be a benefit to one another if we're able to come together so when you're talking with you guys man y'all bring up a serious subject y'all try to push each other to do better when you see somebody trying to do something don't clown them don't tell them that it's corny don't try to make them feel bad about it give your man some some props help him out let him know that you feel what he's doing try to really be there for him see if there's something you can do it don't have to be about money all the time man Sometimes we can just come together and help each other out on the strength of community. You know, a lot of times we're trying to get started with ventures and trying to help each other out with things. It becomes such a financial burden where you don't want to do something for free because nothing's free in the world. But somebody just getting started may not be able to help you out or repay you financially at this time. But knowing that you were able to support them and help them on their journey, maybe all the, the pay that you need and you'll get yours and that's what karma is that's what people believe right so let's talk about it tell me what you think hey and we back y'all all right so next thing i wanted to get into and talk about is hip-hop y'all know i love me some hip-hop hip-hop is more than just music. Hip-hop is a culture. 
hip-hop is a lifestyle, and that's how it was created. Hip-hop is MCing, it's DJing, it's graffiti, it's breakdancing, it's the whole thing. It's the culture, you know? It's fashion. Hip-hop is the dominant form of music in the world. Hip-hop is the most influential form of music in the world. Hip-hop sets the trends that everybody else tries to ride on. It's what companies use when they want to sell you stuff. It's what's going on right now. So, hip-hop has become a economic powerhouse, meaning it brings in the money like rock used to, like pop used to. Nothing's bringing in the money like hip-hop is right now. So, hip-hop originally wasn't created by record labels or companies or anything else. It was organic. It came from the streets. It came from the people. And the people dictated how the sound of hip-hop was, and the companies had to try to keep up. Those of you old enough to remember the 80s and 90s, I'm sure you can remember how corny the commercials were back in the days. I know you remember them attempting to have the old grannies rapping and the moms and dads rapping and singing all the word and fresh and the baggy pants that had turned backwards because it wasn't something that could be created and it wasn't something that could be manufactured. It was something that came from the streets. It came from the people and it was real and it changed and it was it was something that you had to really be of it to understand it and to be able to do it so the companies were always a little bit out of sync they were always on the bad a little bit late they always kind of just seemed like they were trying to keep up and that was good because hip-hop was making money but it was still being kept it had some integrity still i should say you know it wasn't about the dollar the dollar was chasing hip-hop hip-hop wasn't chasing the dollar and somewhere around the when hip-hop really started bringing in the money, you could see a change. It was a shift. You had a consciousness starting to develop in the culture. You would hear it in the lyrics of a Mos Def, a Talib Kweli, Common, Kanye. You would hear, you know, people speaking about positivity in their music getting education and black love and the neo soul movement was was becoming a really big thing you had your jill scotts and your erica badus and your music soul childs the music had a good energy to it it talked about spirituality and love and learning to grow with each other and there was a a, an emphasis on that in the music and you could feel that it was really a vibe and Education was important. You saw representations of black colleges and the HBCUs were very prevalent in the lyrics and the imagery. And it was something that was organic. It was hip-hop growing up. Hip-hop was maturing and it was becoming more than just a gangster rap, more than just big pimping and more than just pouring champagne on chicks. It could be that too, but it wasn't just that anymore. It felt like the dominant vibe, the dominant sound was one of positivity, one of black empowerment, one of black love, and all of a sudden it just disappeared. 
Scott, not on the radio. Erica Badu, not on the radio. Music Soul Child, D'Angelo. Lucy Pearl. It was some amazing music coming out. And it all just went away. All these artists didn't just fall off or lose their talent or lose their desire. Something happened. I don't know if it was something that was designed in a boardroom and had meetings and documents and memos and agendas, or if it was more just capitalism correcting something that could become a problem. But something definitely happened. The music don't sound the same anymore. There's no soul in music anymore. Everything is just about money and shaking your ass and fuck this bitch and niggas ain't shit and wop and all this. And I apologize for the language, but I'm, I'm not going to censor myself on here. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I'm going to talk like grown up talk. This is not for kids. And if you're listening, you should hopefully be grown up. So deal with it. But it was definitely a shift in the sound. I think that it was it was made and I think that it was manufactured. I think that it was made with an agenda to shift more towards consumerism. The complete opposite end of the spectrum from what the Neo Soul movement preached about. It was not about materialism. It was about finding your inner peace, finding your soulmate having a family, living the dream, getting the job, having peace, which isn't great for, you know, selling stuff, which is what businesses want to do, what hip-hop is made to do nowadays. So I feel that the companies withdrew all of their support for these artists, and I can't talk about this without talking about Lauryn Hill and the masterpiece classic that she put out in the Miseducation of Lauryn Hill, which I feel was one of the best albums in any genre of all time, and the messages on that album were so powerful and so impactful and had the ability to really change the world. I think that they silenced Lauryn Hill, they called her crazy, they blackballed her, they, they did everything they could celebrities who get out of line she survived luckily you know she wasn't killed mysteriously dying but her career her credibility was all gone and it seems as though she was the the sacrificial lamb for this this change if they were able to silence something that beautiful and that powerful then they could do whatever they wanted a lot of people say that uh Beyonce was the tool that the record companies used to destroy that movement. Her sound and her vibe is, or at least was, antithetical, the antithesis of the Neo Soul vibe at the time. It was all about the big commercial sound and just having fun and being free. And she was so pretty and so vibrant and so such a big personality that perfect person to put out there to kind of quell that noise when you put Beyonce next to Jill Scott or Beyonce next to poetry or Beyonce next to a lot of these women a 
lot of shallow men or people who are just basing these things off of appearance may go towards the Beyonce. Not to discredit Beyonce because she's a beautiful person, a talented musician, a very great humanitarian work. But I'm speaking on a, on a bigger picture level, the, the concept of Beyonce. So, I don't think that it happened by accident. And I think that it is something that has impacted people where the culture goes people tend to follow so when the music became about consumerism and how much money you had and making it rain and big this and having that you know it really it, it took off to the next level of consumerism where everything is about buying something every rapper has merchandise every rapper has a podcast every rapper has movie company, everything is just money, money, a TV show, just give us money, 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 R&B isn't any better, the rappers are singing, the singers are rapping, nothing makes sense anymore, but it's making a lot of money, and the record companies have gotten so good at manufacturing hip-hop that they can now control the sound, if you listen to the pop station, the songs sound like hip-hop songs. And it sounds like good hip-hop. The beats are dope. The rhymes are crazy. But then you hear it's no soul to it. It's nothing there. It's proficient music. It's not bad hip-hop. But it's just... It doesn't feel right. And that's where you get your Post Malone's. And some of these other artists that that make music that's good. It sounds like the music that you want to listen to. But it just... It's coming from a weird place. So... I don't know what the answer is to fix it, or maybe I'm just tripping, maybe I'm looking too deep in the shit again, who knows, but I want to hear what y'all got to say, what y'all think about it, let me know, get at me, tell me if I'm tripping, alright? that's what they want but 
that guy doesn't exist. There's no such animal. So, a lot of guys who are the guys who are there for a long haul, who are real, and who have good qualities, and who are willing to try to do things and match the energy that the women want, but isn't necessarily that particular type of guy, they don't get the kind of love, and I think that they are criticized and judged unfairly for not being that type of guy. And y'all might say it's sour grapes, or I'm just hating. I'm keeping it 100. That's how I feel. I say what I say. I could be wrong, and if so, tell me about it. You know, it's a debate. It's not just a one-way conversation. I want to hear back from y'all. Give me comments. Give me feedback. Tell me what y'all think I should talk about. Tell me if you think I'm wrong. Tell me if you think I'm right. I'd love to hear what anybody has to say. If I offend you, my bad. It wasn't my intention. Let me know why I can, how I can communicate better to you, not be offensive. You know. But um, that's what I think about that. I think that is, it's a thing, and I think that is making it difficult for dating right now because the expectations are not realistic of what I think is wanted, is desired. And I think that women are becoming frustrated because they're having these these failed relationships with these guys that they thought were this Prince Charming dude. He did this, and he gave me flowers, and da-da-da-da-da. And they don't realize that a lot of times it's just a pre-rehearsed script. It's the same thing that he does for every chick. And it's because he does it because it's effective. It works. Women go for it. So men do it, and they hit the women. But I don't think that it's something that women have picked up on. Guys out there who are really trying to be there and who aren't trying to do the fake, oh, let me do this and do that. Sometimes we do, but not when it's like just because it's a show and when it's a genuine thing. But I think that somehow that becomes diminished because it's not the big showy, you know, oh, look what this guy did, da 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 da, that a lot of women are looking for. It becomes less valuable. So hopefully I didn't put my foot in my mouth, ladies. If you're listening, am I wrong? Am I tripping? Should I shut the hell up? Let me know.